All right, so my name is Yvonne Samia, and uh, I am just so honored to be here. The majors are traveling. They took Micaiah back to college, and uh, I don't take lightly that they've entrusted this pulpit to me, and so I just want to welcome you all on their behalf, and I just believe that God has a word for us this morning. Uh, I've really been enjoying, yes, thank you. I've really been enjoying this new sermon series, Make Room, Creating Space for God to Work, and how many of you are enjoying it as well? Yes, it's been wonderful. Yes, if you remember the first week, Major Phil talked about creating margins in our life for God to do his work in and through us. And then Major Debbie, the following week, spoke of capacity, uh, enlarging our capacity so that God can do a work in our lives. And then Major Phil came back last week and he talked about time. And he impressed upon us how important it is for us to spend time with God, because it's only then will we know his will for our lives. And so the, the pictures that people have been sending in and that Matt's been, been uh, sharing about having your special place, that chair, to spend time with God has been so, such a blessing. Um, then this morning, I'm uh, excited to bring to you Creating Space for God to Work in Your Life by Expanding Your Vision. So I want to talk about that. But before I go into it, would you please bow your heads in a moment of prayer with me, please? So Father God, Lord, we are just so blessed to be in your house this morning, Father your word says where two or three are gathered in your name, that you are here in our midst. And so, we, Lord, we just thank you so much, and we say, have your way. Father, I just pray that you would uh, open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. Open it that we would see, Heavenly Father, what you have in store for us, that we would uh, step, Heavenly Father, as you direct us, that we would be a blessing going everywhere to happen. And so, Father God, all that we do, may it be uh, unto Unto you, may it bring glory. Father, we love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So, creating space for God to work in your life by expanding your vision. Yeah, that's so important. You know, I want to ask you, church, can you see the more that God has for your life? When it comes to the things of God, do you have 20-20 vision? You see up there the eye chart, right? And uh, if you're like me, when you're in school, you see the eye chart with all the E's on it, right? And they would test how well you can see by making you stand behind the line, and then you just like cover one eye, and then you just flip your hand to whichever way the E's were facing, right? And then they could tell how good your vision was, or if you needed help. And then the same thing, there's the other chart up there. It's like when you renew your license. So Monday was my birthday. You know how you have like six months to go and renew your license prior to, right? But I didn't do that. I went on the last day. And so I spent the morning of my birthday standing in line to go renew my license. When I got up there, um, you know, you have to take that eye test, and so they make you, like, read line six, and then they say, all right, look in there, and your peripheral vision, now they're going to check, and they say, tell me what side the light is blinking on, and you got to say, like, right or left. And so there's these things that you need to do to pass the test to be able to have a license to drive. 
And you know, I've been driving for 40 years. Like, I know the laws about driving, I'm 40 plus years, and I know how to drive. But still, you cannot be licensed to drive until you pass the vision test. Why? It's much like that in the spiritual world, right? It's dangerous to put someone who can't see right in the driver's seat, right? God wants to give us all, to put us all in the driver's seat, and he wants to give us the keys to drive. But if you can't see what God sees, if you don't know where you're going, just like giving a kid or someone who doesn't have a license or who cannot see well the keys to the car, it's dangerous. They can hurt themselves, or worse yet, hurt someone else. So God wants us to be able to see what he sees so that he can put us in the driver's seat. Because there is so much more that God wants to do in and through each and every one of us to make a difference in this world for his kingdom. So I ask you again, do you know where you're going Can you see what God has for your life? And can you see where God wants you to go next? You see, too often, we walk around with tunnel vision. And so tunnel vision, we become very myopic, narrow-minded, prejudiced, intolerant, right? We see things one way, and it's usually our way. And we want God to see things our way as well. And even worse, we want him to do things our way. In Matthew 19, verses 16 to 22, it talks about Jesus and a young man. And it says, Jesus is approached by a young man who asks, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? The young man inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor thy mother and father, and love your neighbors as yourself. All of these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go. Sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Sad indeed. This young man didn't see what Jesus had for his life. And he obviously didn't have a relationship with Jesus because he didn't spiritually see who was talking to him. If he had saw who was talking to him and knew that, he would Jesus, he, that that was Jesus, he would know that there are no earthly, worldly possessions that can compare to the heavenly treasures that Jesus has for us. You see, church, we are often guilty of the same Too often, we focus on the things of this world. We put our trust and our faith in the things that we've amassed, in things that we can see and we can touch and we want to hang on to. And we forget that no matter how much wealth we've accumulated in this world, 
it's only temporary. There's this little song that I like to sing with my grandkids or to my grandkids, and it talks about this, and it goes like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Thank you. Oh, if we could only see what Jesus sees for our lives, right? I want to talk to you about a lion's vision. Did you know that a lion's sight is it's exceptionally incredible. Like a lion, a lion can see six times better than the human eye. You know that white under the lion's eye? It works the opposite of the black under an athlete's eye. So that black, which would like keep all the light out so that you know, the athlete can catch the ball, the lion's eye works opposite. That white allows all the light that's available to be optimized. And so the lion can see really, really well. The lion sees really well in the dark as too. So like even with my glasses on, when I look like way up there, kind of in the dark, I can't tell like, is that John? Is that Bram? Like what is that up there, right? But a lion who was standing here, because of his eyes that are so incredibly sharp, he can look up there and the lion would say, I know exactly what that is. That's dinner. (laughs) First Peter 5.8 says this, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. See, church, if we don't have our eyes wide open, the enemy will take every opportunity, big and small, to cause us to stumble and then eat us alive. And every time I come up here, I got to, like, tell on myself, right? So I just want to illustrate this a little bit for you guys about what that looks like. You know, uh, we were so blessed that a couple of weeks ago, we were able to take a trip to Disneyland. And so uh, one of my grandsons was playing in a baseball tournament there, and uh, the rest of us went to support him. So we had a a group of 11 there, and six of the kids we took, well, one of them had never been to Disneyland before, so we were so excited to take my granddaughter, Yatiana, to Disneyland, right? So the tournament's done, and we're, you know, we're gearing up to go to Disneyland. And my daughter, Lena, who goes to, who's there with us, like, she's doing all the arrangements on her phone online. And so we buy all the tickets, you know, and, and, um, and Disney has this promo going, and it's called a Max Pass. And so you can purchase the Max Pass. Um, it, it can connect, link up with your tickets that are in there. And then you can, like, reserve a fast pass without actually going and running all over Disneyland and try to reserve. You can reserve it on your phone. So we were very excited. We were very excited to take the kids, so excited that this would be Yatiana's first time. And um, we're trying to, like, Lena's trying to finalize it, and it's not working. 
And so I'm calling, and you know, there's like a gazillion other people trying to call as well, right? So every time I call, you know, I get put on hold, and then it's like, you know, the, you're going to be on hold for however long, 30 minutes, whatever. And so, um, you know, it goes like that until the day before we're going to be at Disneyland, and finally I get through. And the nice woman tells me, oh yeah, it's like that because you can't actually activate it until you walk into Disneyland and your tickets will be activated and then it'll link up. So we're excited and we go early. You know how Disneyland opens at 8 o'clock and you want to be there at 7 to miss the crowd and miss the heat and all of that. Well, we get there and we walk in and it looks like it's activated, but it doesn't. So the person at the ticket booth, they like send us to the next ticket booth, right? And they try to help us and they can't. So then another person comes along and they're trying to be helpful, but they can't get it to go either. So there's this information booth over there. And so they send us over there and then we try to get it done there and they're struggling with it. And, you know, in the meanwhile, as we're going from person to person, time is ticking, right? And we have like all these kids plus some of the team that are anxious to get into Disneyland. So finally, they tell us to go um, to this place called City Hall. And we go there, and we're waiting in line again. And then the guy, Jordan, there is really nice, and he's trying to get it to go, and it doesn't go. And, you know, they're all about customer service. So, um, you know, all said and done, long story short, you know, another hour half has gone by, right? And we're, you know, the kids are getting restless outside. They want to go to the rides. And so they finally, like, they're, they're like so accommodating. They, they comp us and we're so thankful and I'm excited. Like we get out there. I get out there and the kids are gone. And my husband, who's like trying to, you know, make sure the kids have a smile on their face, he had decided that he was going to take them on a ride while they were waiting for us, yeah. And um, he doesn't realize that his phone is in my backpack. Yeah. And so and I'm like... Oh, Jesus, right? So the, the others decide that they're going to go take a ride, and I'm like trying to find out how are going, we going to find this man and five kids, and they're probably driving him nuts already. And I'm just like, Lena, I just need a coffee. So then we walk over to the coffee shop, right, and we stand in line again, and then I get up there, and um, I say this. I say, um, I'd like a cafe latte, please. And the guy looks at me and he says, there's no such thing as a cafe latte. It's either a cafe or a latte. Exactly which do you want, ma'am? And I was like, what did he just say to me? <laughs> right? I mean, after all, this is supposed to be like the happiest place on earth, right? Yeah. And so, you know, most Christians, they would see this as an opportunity to shine Jesus. Unfortunately, this Christian did not. <laughs> so, you know, maybe you don't know, but you know how you're all of a sudden, like, your head is cocking to one side, and you're like, what did you just say to me? Yeah. And I just, like, lit into him, right? Yeah. And, you know, I... I don't know, my excuse is maybe everything else that led up and, you know, this poor guy just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time or whatever, whatever my excuse was, right? Yeah, yeah. But I lit into him. And, you know, my kids, they know when they see me like that, they just start, like, backing up for the closest exits. They just they don't want any part of it. Yeah. 
But, you know, again, you know, most Christians would see that as an, as an opportunity to shine Jesus. And that's why 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, right? And so I was dinner, or I was breakfast that morning, right? I totally missed it. I didn't see it with my Jesus eyes, right? All I could see was that I was tired. I was irritated with my husband. I needed a coffee. All of these things was about I, 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 I. When maybe I could have had the opportunity to just shine Jesus, to show him the love of Christ, unconditional love of Christ, right? Maybe I could have like extended grace and make a difference in his life in that moment. But it didn't happen that way, I'm sorry to say. And so what does that tell me? That tells me that I need to get back in that chair that Matt has talked about, right? And I need to spend more time with Jesus so that when I'm out there in the world and life bumps me, that it would be Jesus and his love and his grace that spills out. And it wouldn't be like that crazy woman who just went off on this poor kid, right? And so that was not my best moment of influence or leadership. Because, you know, we all have an influence. We all are leaders, no matter if it's in our family, at our workplace, here in the church, wherever it is, right? God gives us the opportunity to have influence over others and to lead. How we're going to lead is up to us. And so I want to show you this, uh, this, this video of um, Danielle Strickland, and this is from the Global Leadership Summit. And that's going to happen this Thursday and Friday, and I just pray that all of you will be able to come. But if you're not, then I just want to give you a taste of Global Leadership Summit and Danielle Strickland, and more importantly, Jesus. Wasn't that awesome? Wasn't that great? Yeah. I love Danielle Strickland. <clears throat> uh, and so I'm going to wrap it up. And I want to say this to you, church, as the praise and worship makes their way up here, that it isn't about what you look like on the outside, right? It's not about whether you look like Captain America or you look like somebody's grandma and very proud of it, by the way. See, it's about who and what is on the inside of you that counts. You've got to see yourself and others the way God sees you and others. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, when God lives on the inside of you, he causes you to see bigger. He takes your myopic vision and he opens it up. When God lives on the inside of you, he causes you to be bold, to be able to say, stop the car, to be able to say, if you're not on board, get out of the car. When God lives on the inside of you, he causes you to see in others what they don't yet see in themselves and the ability to speak life into them. 
just like Commissioner Ingrid did. You see, she made an impact towards eternity on those two reporters. That what started out as a mission, they came back to her looking for prayer. 2 Corinthians 16 says, Therefore do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You see, church, God needs us, all of us, to make a difference in the lives of others towards eternity. And as I said before, we all have an influence and we're all leading some, somebody in this world. And to be the best leader that we can be is to lead others unto Christ. And the best way to lead others unto Christ is when they can see the Jesus in you. And so I just want to open up this time as we pause in our day. And my prayer for you and myself is that we take that time in our chair, in our quiet place, to avail ourselves unto God and just say, God, have your way. Have your way. And today we want to offer up, up here that this would be your chair for this morning, that you would come forward and have a quiet moment with God, that he would seed in you the desire to meet with him more than just here. But when you exit, that you would find a quiet place to meet with him regularly. So I'm going to let the praise and worship sing and play and just invite you to come forward in Jesus' name. Church, would you bow your heads as I lift us all up in prayer? Father God, I thank you so much, Lord. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for your unconditional love, Father God. Lord, I thank you, Heavenly Father, that we don't have to be perfect, Father God, because we serve a perfect God. And so I thank you, Heavenly Father, for your Son, Jesus Christ, who you sent to the cross to die for our sins, Father, that we might be washed clean. And so, Father, I just ask that you would help us as we leave this place, Father God. Burn with us a desire to meet with you, Father, on a daily basis that you would grow us, Heavenly Father, that, Heavenly Father, when situations come in our path, when life bumps us, that we would be full of Jesus and your amazing grace and love to extend to others. Father, I thank you that you're a forgiving God. And even when we don't get it the, right the first time, that we get to try and try again. And so, Lord, I thank you for everyone who is in this house this morning and every family represented, that you have them in the palms of your hand, Lord. We just ask that you would bless them and keep them. Lord, may everything we do bring glory unto your name. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.